started to get something else, but I got this on my heart. God wants me to look at it. It's something a little bit different. Daniel chapter 1, we're in the first chapter. We're going to read two verses tonight. I pray that it'll bless you, help you, strengthen you, or at least give you something to think on. Every time I read the Word of God, I pick up something, and uh, sometimes it, it you know, kind of inches its way, its way into my heart. And as I study on it, it gets bigger, and then I begin to meditate on it, and it gets mountainous, you know. And uh, I learn off of it, and I appreciate it. So I pray tonight we go into the book of Daniel chapter 1. Tonight we're going to deal with verse number 4 and 5. We're in those two verses. That's all these things today, and appreciate it. Uh, when you think about it tonight, this is, this is the kingdoms of the world. This is the uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, and that's the Babylonian Empire. And uh, they're taking the people from over in Judah, and they set down uh, Jehoiakim, put him down to where he's put in captivity too. And we got some people going from Judah to Babylon. This is a new experience for them. And I have never heard nobody as a preacher preach any of this, these two things I'm preaching tonight. Uh, but I'm sure they have. But when I look at it and I see this, uh, the devil wanted these fellas that is bringing in to Babylon. He is wanting them uh, to think the way the Chaldeans do. He wanted to get those he brought in there to act like the Chaldeans did and to worship like the Chaldeans did and to live like the Chaldeans. And that's exactly what the devil's trying to do to all the church folks in the world tonight. Oh, yeah. He don't care how, how churchy we get. He just don't want us to be very godly. And he don't care how much we go to church. He just won't make sure we don't get involved when we get there. And that's what he does. And so I want to look at this tonight in chapter 1, verse 4. And here's what he's looking at. He's looking at it. And I said this, I believe, last Wednesday night, that the devil even has morals of certain kinds. And when his morals are not like our morals, I'm saying it's different. But he's got, I guess I should say better than morals, I should say that he's got uh, certain qualities he wants out of people himself. And... uh we're going to look at that tonight. So when they went to look for those uh, people out of Judah to bring to Babylon, he had a certain list of what he wanted. And, of course, they're not the only ones that went there. There's others went, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Verse number 4, they were looking for children in whom was no blemish. We did talk about that a little bit. I want to get on a little bit more tonight. But well favored, he wanted that, number two. And he was looking for somebody that was skillful in all wisdom. Also looking for cunning, people that were cunning in knowledge. That's four. And understanding science, number five. And such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, number six. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. They wanted somebody they could train. Now that's what the, what the uh, people were looking for when they went to Judah to get them. And then in verse 5 it said, And the king appointed them a daily provision 
of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now I want to point out two or three things tonight here out of verse 4 and 5. And uh, we'll see it as we go down through it. The devil, he wants people that he can use. And he wants people that are not, he, he don't go down to the insane asylum to find somebody to do his work. He's got a bunch that's in there doing that. And if you look at the kingdoms of the world, and we're at a time when the Gentiles, and this is the day of the Gentile, and we know today that the Babylonian empires, one of them it will one day be put down, and we hear more of that, and I'm not getting into the prophecy part of that tonight. But I want to look at this business of verse number 4. I want to say this in starting it tonight, from you can take your Bible and start at Genesis uh, you probably can find a bigger list than what I'm going to tell you here in just a minute. I just sat down and thought of some. But we know from the Word of God that there's been good sons and good daughters to every generation past. And we also see where we've had good daughters, good sons, uh, all the way through the Bible. And we've had bad ones too. And uh, we're not going to get into that. We know that there's some good Jews throughout the Bible. I'm not talking about the Jews in the land now. I'm talking about throughout the Bible, we've seen Jews that were good, good people. They followed God. And there were some that were bad. I'm not going to get into those. There's been good kings and bad kings. We know there's been good priests and bad priests. Days passed and gone by. We know that there's been... Uh, you know, a time in our life when there's good prophets and there's some bad prophets. And some is real and some is not real. You find that all through your Bible. And we also know that there's, there was even good disciples, amen, and uh, they was in that disciple band, one bad one. And some of them not so, I guess there's mediocre. We talked about that a little bit Sunday. We know in our modern day, we've got good churches and we've got bad churches. And it's up for us to find out which one they are. And we know in this modern day, we've got good preachers, we've got bad preachers. We've got good teachers and bad teachers. And there's good Christians, so-called bad Christians. They call themselves uh, Christians, but sometimes they may not be saved. Are there, you know... There's been a lot of people that just turned out bad. Wouldn't you say tonight if Lot would have been in our day, he had been a bad Christian? And you met you met people like that in your day. You're not to judge, but we know we know in our day that there's good doctrine, there's bad doctrine. So we among we're living among this stuff all the time. And I got to th this little thought today. In our politics, let's just think about our politics. I don't believe there's any hope in our politics. Jesus is our hope, and I'll keep preaching that. But just to think about this, we got, uh, I guess, if, it, if people won't, won't admit it, but I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, we probably got some good Democrats, but we got some bad Democrats. We got some good Republicans, and we got some bad Republicans. So it's not in politics. Where my hope lies. But I'll say this. The devil knows how to place some of the wicked folks among the good folks. 
to spy out to work, uh, to cause havoc, and to cause confusion. You say, where are you going with this? I'll show you in just a minute. And then we, we know tonight uh, that the Lord sometimes puts good people in some bad places. And I'm not talking about running with sin and all that. But I'm talking about uh, you have businesses and things. And in those businesses, sometimes God places a Christian. Well, just think, think for a minute. There was Joseph going to, uh, down there in Egypt and he got promoted to a place. That's a good person in the midst of evil people. And God can stay his ground and keep things going. And so can the devil keep his things going. But we'll find in it people just hard to get to stay where they need to be stayed. It's hard to get us to, uh, you know, stand straight and strand, stand firm and uh, publish the things of God. Now, I want to look here. In verse number 4, the Bible said, this is what they're looking for. Children in whom was no blemish. No blemish. They're going to Judah. Let's just kind of look at that just a minute. They're going to move from Judah to Babylon. That's like moving from the family of God to the family of the devil. I know the king wasn't all that good in Judah. And there's going into captivity. But these fellas here that we're going to talk about in the next few lessons are good men. They're God's men. They didn't bow. They didn't bend. They didn't burn. They stood true. They went through the test of fire. And I'm sure you never heard a message like this when I get through with it tonight. But it says here, children in whom was no blemish. That didn't necessarily mean that they didn't have no spots on them uh, physically. They might have had a mole here and there. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about like an animal that's going to be sacrificed without a blemish. But what he's trying to say is they got some healthy fellas. When you go down there, uh, get some folks that are healthy. Get some folks that are capable. Get some people down there that are able. They're they can, they can do work. Don't go get somebody that can't work. Go get somebody that can do the job. Get somebody that's active. Get somebody that's helpful. You see what he's talking about? Don't go down there and get the, uh, I guess if you want to say it like they do about us, don't get that in this scum and all scouring. Get you somebody that, check them out. Bring the best that Judah's got. Did you know that's exactly what the devil does today? He's looking for the best he can find to do his work. Isn't it amazing tonight that some of the things, and we'll look at it in our modern day, and it happens that way. Let's look at the second thing. He said, children in whom were was no blemish. Number two, but well favored. What does that mean? It means we want to get somebody that uh, is well favored. That means they're not an old grouch. Devil don't even want that kind. Amen. He put them over in church. <laughs> Amen. Just think about that a minute. And then he wants some, somebody that's likable. Uh, when I'm out in the public meeting people, I like somebody that's, you just like. There's a few. Have you ever seen people you didn't like? They ain't never treated you bad, never said nothing to you, but you just didn't like their looks. Now don't tell me you ain't never done that. I know you have. That's a hard thing to deal with. 
But some of the people sometimes that I thought I wouldn't have no use for and no need for and uh, wouldn't have ends up being my good friend. Amen. Because we pass judgment, we shouldn't do that. Amen. Then he's looking for somebody that was polite. Uh, one who just fit in. Ever heard people on the job say they're going to hire somebody and they say, well, I believe he or she'll fit in. You probably said that. And they probably did. But I'm saying that's what, we, that's what he was looking for them to get. Somebody that they could work with. Somebody that could be helpful. And then it says here, and, and skillful in all wisdom. Now that's one of the things we need, you know. Amen. Uh, I want you to get this in your mind. These fellas that ended up being here, uh, these three Hebrew boys and then Daniel, they didn't choose Babylon. That ain't what they wanted to do. They were forced to go there. So now they've got to change cultures. Can you imagine that? Got to change cultures. And they're skillful in all wisdom. That's what they were looking for. They actually were captives. They actually became slaves. They actually were in control of or being controlled and under somebody's control. And it said in skillful in all wisdom. That means they know a little about everything. I think I said last week, uh, jack of all trades and master of none. That's where most of us men in this place is. Amen. There's a lot of things I don't know one thing about. And I'll be honest, I ain't learning nothing else unless it's necessity for the preaching of the Word of God. I ain't saying I ain't going to learn nothing else. I done got too much on my plate I can't handle now. But I don't believe, I don't believe they told him, man, when you go over to Judah, pick out somebody here for our work here, and to go down to the schoolhouse and get all the school dropouts. I don't believe that's what the devil's looking for. Uh, don't go down there and get the college dropouts. You said they didn't have nothing back then. Well, I don't know what they had back there. But I'm sure they had some dropouts or something. Humanity's been doing that all the time. And then it said, and cunning in knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. I won't get into that tonight. There is. Wisdom comes from God. You can get knowledge from books, but God can help you through the books to get wisdom too with it. And I look at these things and I appreciate it. And what they're saying is cunning in knowledge. You know, cunning's kind of, he's a cunning looking little old fella. You probably said that about your kids a few times. He's cunning. Amen. Sly and sneaky like. He wants to be, they want them to be cunning in knowledge. That means clever, inventive, ingenious, creative, skillful. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for somebody who could do something. That's what, and the devil's still doing that today in his work, and that's what he's doing. In the world. Stop to think about this. You'll see how much this fits to politics tonight. Before we get through. And it fits to world kingdoms. And world powers. And then we look here and it says. Uh, An understanding science. 
Isn't it amazing in our day today, they'll say, follow the science, follow the science. And they don't even know what the science is. They're talking about the environmental stuff and we're going that and the next, the thing that the world, I mentioned this Sunday, that the thing the world's looking at now is uh, climate change, hugging trees and that kind of junk and that's what they're doing. And they're going to put our minds off on that and they're going to sell it to many people. They ain't selling it to me, but they'll sell it to a lot of people. They've got a lot of people going to, that's going to think, see, they're going to end up with your food shortage coming up and they're going to say this and that. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're going to be at the place, well, we've got to do this. That's why electric cars are coming in. we got so much that's to the environment and hey, we got to get them things. And they'll sell that to the people with plenty of fuel and uh, they'll hide it from your mind and think we're running out and we're not running out. It's already been proven. We got more fuel than you'll ever think about. They just quit processing it. And when God made this old earth, don't you blame God tonight. He's going to run out. God made us stuff to take care of this world till we get out of here. Sun ain't going to quit shining. Amen. Until God says, go out, boy. And it will. Sun will refuse to shine at God's appointed time. And we won't need it. Because the S-O-N will be in charge. All right. Understanding science. They need some common sense. And are capable of knowing and having a knowledgeability about them to understand these things. You know why we're, they're taking out food crops and all those things? Just to get their agenda. And when they get it, now I'm not... Not in, I'm not in here trying to be disruptive. I'm just trying to tell you. Then it said, as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. I had a little problem with that. It don't look like it'd take much ability for anything to stand in the king's palace. So it's got to go a little deeper than that. So I got to looking at that thing. Here's what it is. You, what it is, we need, we need them to be able to stand in the, in the king's palace. In other words, we need somebody in there that can uh, be uh, like us, have the ability to stand in the king's palace. Not a weirdo. The devil don't want weirdos running his business, although most of them are. But my, my definition of weirdo and the devil's definition of weirdo is two different things. Amen. Uh, you know who's the worst people in the world right now in America? People that love God and are smart. And uh, well, I'll just talk about that in a minute. All right. Had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. He wants somebody to be there. He, he don't want a bunch of non-educated hillbillies. That's what they call us. Oh, hillbillies. You know, we're weirdos. Uh, they want uh, people with higher degrees. Did you know the people with the highest degrees get the highest offices in the land? <coughs> Amen. Where, uh, I, I remember that little book on the Keaton James NIV book that I have published and put out. You know, and, and we put it out for many years. And it went to the First Baptist Church in Atlanta. And uh, he got a hold of some fellow, give it to him and, he said, I'll read it. Take me a week or two to get it. 
And I was explaining the difference between the King James and the NIV. So finally he called his boy back up or this fella up and he said, who is this fella? Said, what's his credentials? Where'd he go to school? I was one of them down on the bottom. So that's what they're looking for. They're wanting somebody that's, uh, you know, that will be right in there with higher degrees and ones that got their credentials. I've had that say, what's his credentials? I hear preachers say that of others. What's their credentials? Amen. Show me in the Bible where a man, you know, a man that walks with God and can preach the word of God. That's what God's expecting. I told you the other day about the man that's 80 years old, didn't, don't have no education. His wife reads his verses and he preaches. And I'll tell you what, he, he got some, and he, he's, he knows the word of God. He just can't read it. And uh, you said, well, I wouldn't listen to nobody like that. Amen. I had a fellow the other day, kind of funny, and he said, you know, said I went to the Seventh-day Adventist church for about 12 years, and he said, I got tired of uh, the way they was doing and the things they was preaching, and he said, I just got out of there. He said, you know, you can't, you can't hardly go to no preacher, any church, anywhere, what, you don't find them kind that's got a... I said, you mean a hacker? You know what a hacker is? God reached down and saved me. Oh, God going to touch you. Oh, I take you. That's a hacker. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know what? That don't bother me. That's his style. And that's probably the way he is raised. And that's why all the churches he'd ever been to. I said, I don't pay no attention to how he breathes and hacks. I know preachers that cough most of the time. He'll say, glory to God. <coughs> glory to God for Jesus. Praise God. <coughs> Amen. You've heard them too, haven't you? I don't pay no attention to habit. I pay attention to what the man's saying about the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I said, well, I said, if you're trying to hint to see if I'm a hacker, I'm not a hacker. Come on up and I'll show you. And uh, he ain't been here yet. All right. Probably won't. But I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing they, they had to have the ability to stand in the king's palace, at, that they might be able to teach them. If you look at the seventh one there, and what it is, they want to teach them the learning. That's what Babylon knows, the learning. That's the way they live. And they wanted to teach them the tongue of the Chaldeans. And that means that these Chaldeans, they wanted to teach them how to talk their language. That's what the devil wants. That's compromising. The devil wants us to take on his ways and his rules and uh, his language. And he's being filtrated enough of that in the church. In other words, he wants us to be mixers. He wants preachers to be mixers. He wants you to be mixers with the world. He wants you to be of that same kind. He wants you to be, uh, you know, he don't want you to be conservative. Amen. Everybody runs for the devil. has got to run liberal. Amen. you got to look at that. Uh, you know, what do they ever call you when you start laying out the Word of God straight? 
Legalist. You ever been called a legalist? I said, one fella called me a legalist and I said, yes sir, I believe being legal in everything. And that just makes them think you're stupid. But that's what they already think. Amen. Uh, they, they don't care about your, all the other, you tell them, hey, I just follow the Lord. And I believe in a King James Bible. And I'll tell you, they don't want somebody spirit-filled. Did you know the world don't want spirit-filled people? Why? You get under conviction. I know when I talk to these fellas over here in, uh, in, on mornings and uh, sometimes when I get in there, the Lord gets to dealing. And when I get to dealing, matter of fact, I backed off a little bit on that because if I just say Jesus saves, uh, I got one or two that's... Bat goes berserk. They're afraid that they're going to die and go to hell. And I just keep it going just enough to keep them thinking about it. Amen. Then I get a chance to witness to them. But the Holy Spirit's what does the job, right? Now, I want you to look at something else. We're going to leave that verse alone for a minute. And I want to get into something that's kind of interesting for the rest of the time. The Bible said in verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision. You know what that is, don't you? Daily provision. They're providing them everything that they need. The federal government does that today in a, in a different sense too. I'm not going to get into that. But Satan always provides for his people. God does too. Thank God he does. He's provided for you all your life. But if the devil's incorporating you in his service, he'll bless you with his blessings. Somebody say, I don't ever have. Oh yeah, amen, he does. He will provide you. And notice, it'll always be opposite what God does. He'll lay things upon you to do. And look at this, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. He'll feed you. We're seeing a lot of that today, and we've seen it for years and years and years. And every country's got that. Even churches now has fallen into that thing. And I'm not against some of this stuff that we see. I'm just saying, watch it. Many churches today have quit preaching the gospel and quit trying to witness to people. And they're more interested in feeding them than they are giving them the Word of God. We've come in the time now that if we just give them something to eat with their own our side and we're helping the poor. And we ought to be concerned about the poor. And Jesus said we're going to have the poor always. That's always going to be around. And what is it the fellow said? Uh, you can feed him a fish, but if you teach him how to fish... You can keep him fed. Right? And so the church's business, I said Sunday, I'll say it again, I'll keep saying it constantly and over and over. The Lord give us a job and that's to win souls to His cause. We're to witness. That's what our job is. We're not going to climb high in the world. But our job is to keep the kingdom of God going. And we've got to do it the manner we, that God wants it done. That's preaching the gospel. 
Amen. You can give them food, have a happy meal. And uh, they'll get, I, was, I was reading a story the other day, or maybe I heard a preacher preach it, but just the other day. And uh, they had a, had a, a home for the men. And uh, they were feeding them. And uh, this fella came in and they fed him. And uh, that fella said, now you can come back to every meal you want to. We'll feed you every time. And he went back down and got under the bridge and stayed down there. And the fellow went down to the bridge and said, how come you don't come up, get food? He said, I just, I just get it out of the trash can. And so he went to the fellas running the home and he said, why is, I can't see why in the world he does that. He said, let me tell you, they'd rather stay on the bridge and get it out of the trash can as to have to get up and come down to the place and get it. Too lazy. How about that? And that's the way it is. They'll do that. Amen. There's a little fella running in the restaurant. And he noticed a fella on the outside. And he said, he went out there when the business is closing down in the afternoon, had some food left over in the restaurant. He said, he went out there and got him and said, come in here a minute. And he said, right here on that food buffet, he said, we're fixing to take it up. And he gave him a plate and he said, here, you take your plate and you go over there and get everything you want. And he did. He got him a good plate, sat down over there and said, he just eat and eat and eat. And he told him, he said, you know what time it is? It's 2.15. He said, this time tomorrow, you come in here and I'll let you go get all you want. And I'll keep you fed. I'll keep you fed. That's the least I can do for you. And said the next day, he looks out there and the feller's in the dumpster scratching out food. And he said, I went to him and said, what's wrong? He said, well, he said, this is my habitat. I know how to do this and I'm not used to all that fancy stuff. He'd rather scavenge around in the dumpster as to get a free meal every day. People are funny, weird, and the devil gets them under those controls and he dominates them. Now, the devil, he pays high wages. That's why people follow him so much. He provides for them. Look at the elite in Washington. They don't work like you work. They make more money than you make. They live in fancier houses. They drive fancier cars. Wear fancier clothes. The devil's paying them well. That goes all across the nation and around the world. Amen and amen and amen. The devil gives good benefits. He pays high recognition. He makes a good social standing for those people that work for him. They'll they don't even this they don't eat to, they eat like the king's meat. They don't eat beans and taters like you and I. They eat the best 
of the world's food. Thousand dollar plate dinners many times. Merlion, it's right, ain't it? They won't eat hamburgers like you and me. They always look for the best cooks and the best restaurants. And they got bodyguards and protection all around them. That's what the devil does. And he's offering that to these fellas right here. This is going to get interesting when we get down to it a little bit more. And then look at this. He says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. And we want to give you the, the king's wine. Don't you know it's the best wine in the world? They give them the movies and everything else and allow all that stuff to take place. Everybody, everybody just about it, I'd say 99% of all the politicians drank. It's so, so, so many of them drink that when one don't drink, he's a, he stick, he's a stick in the mud. I remember working down here at Tamil, and every six weeks I'd have to go to Massachusetts. And I'd fly up into Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, get a motel there in Providence and drive into Fall River, Massachusetts the next morning. And they always had me booked at the fanciest motels. They sent me to the best places to eat. They paid the bill. Because I was in, 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 in followed under the corporate rules. And here I am. In a place, I didn't know how to order. I go in them places where they got three or four different spoons and forks and different sizes of them and them napkins that's folded up and big enough to blow your nose on. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. And sometimes somebody would meet there and they'd eat all eat stuff that I didn't even know what how to call it on the menu. I eat stuff I ain't so sure yet what it was. They'd say, that's pretty good. We didn't have no alcohol in it. I didn't mind eating it, all right. But I'm looking at that. That's what they do. And they did that. Then it said, if you look at that, it says, so nourishing them, what? These boys right here that we fix and talk about, nourishing them three years, like a contract. You ever get people in the, in the uh, government offices? You can't fire them. They can't fire them. I don't care what to do. They can't fire them. They got to be terribly bad to dismiss them. They just renew their contracts. That's the kind of things that the devil does and the church wants to get in on that. And that's what we need to draw a line. That to the end thereof they might stand before the king and they're going to check them out, you know. In other words, they're going to have to do it according to government regulations. Now, they also told them what to eat. And they said he'd give them a certain portion. And we all know, and I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, the king's meat was not uh, what those boys wanted. Amen. I was sitting at the table the other day with a fella. And... Uh, he got him a, uh, an, an egg biscuit. And I said, 
Uh, he said, what you eating? I said, I'm eating a sausage biscuit. He said, ah, can't handle that meat. I said, what are you, Seventh-day Adventist? He said, oh, no. I said, why can't you eat meat? He said, because the Bible said not to eat meat. I said, okay. I'll tell you what the Bible says. Somebody said, preacher, you don't eat meat? I, I eat meat. I eat anything, don't eat meat. Amen. I eat it before it eats me. <laughs> Amen. But I'll tell you this. You say, well, preacher, you know we're all supposed to eat herbs. That's what they all said back there in the garden. Herbs, God give us herbs to eat. Well, now you need herbs all you want to. Don't make me eat them. <laughs> Amen. And they'll say, well, now, preacher, you know, back there in the law, they didn't eat catfish. Didn't eat pork. Yeah, I know that. Amen. And uh, you know, isn't it amazing that you need fish? But in America, you know, and I've seen this since I was a little bitty boy, fish is Friday, always Friday. Roman Catholicism. Amen. Eat fish on Monday if you want to. Eat it three times on Tuesday. Once on Wednesday. You need never eat fish again if you don't like it. Right? Well you what well if you're a if you're a Muslim or if you're a seven day Adventist, you can't eat meat. Especially Muslim, they don't eat pork. He said, Well what are we gonna do? Oh, if you don't eat just veggies and just a vegetarian. Somebody said, I don't eat no meat. I'm a vegetarian. They call them veggies. Or what is the, what is the name of Vegan, ain't it? And they're starving themselves to death because they think they're going to live longer. Don't give me that trash. I'm 75 years old. And according to my Bible, God doesn't cut the days to 90. I mean, to 80, 70, excuse me. The reason I said that is because it's found in Psalm 90. Look at Psalm 90. Psalm 90, and goes down to, let's see the verse I want to get. 10. Psalm 90. You know, you used to live like Methuselah, 969 years. God cut the days to 120. Just eat all them old vegetables you want to and all them herbs. Fella told me you just get you a can of pineapple and open it up and eat one slice of pineapple every day and it'll take care of your sugar. And every time I eat pineapple, it makes mine go up. <laughs> it might be all the other stuff I'm eating with it, but I'm telling you, Amen. See what I'm saying? You do this and I'll guarantee you sugar come down. There's the only thing I regulate my diet with today is if it hurts me like sugar, I try not to eat that and make it worse. And you ought to do that same thing. But I do splurge. 
And I do take liberties at that, and I try to keep it down. The last few times I've gone, my A1C has been borderline. I think I take it borderline, I'm all right. <laughs> Amen. But that's not the best, I'm sure. The Bible said in the 10th verse of chapter 90, the days of, your, of our, our years are three score and ten. That's 60. And 10 added to it, three scores is 60. 10 added to it, 70. Anybody here 70 years old, you've already, you've already got to the limit and you're on borrowed time. And some don't even make it to 70. Amen. And if by reason of strength they be four score, that means 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. That means time you get 80, you have a hard time trying to fix, get that left foot to sit down where you want it. And then it's hard to get that right foot just right. If y'all ain't got there yet, you're going to find it out. For it is soon cut off, and we uh, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. The way the world is now, don't bother me a bit. Praise God, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Well, what are we going to do about our eating, preacher? What can we eat? Well, eat anything you want to eat. But I believe there's a stipulation that I want to show you. The Bible said in 1 Timothy, I want you to go to chapter 4. Now this is further over in your Bible than the Old Testament. This is not the law. We're under grace. Amen. And it says in verse 1, Now the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed, and that's what they're going to do when they depart. If people depart from the faith, it's easy to give heed to seducing spirits. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and that's what's happened in our day. Amen. Well, preacher, just keep eating that asparagus and you'll be all right. I ain't eating it now and I ain't going to eat it tomorrow. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, here's what these devils do. Here's what the seducing spirits do. Here's what the doctrines of devils do. That you're going, they get a hold of you. Forbidding to marry. Roman Catholicism won't let their priest marry. That's caused lots of problems. And commanding to abstain from meats. 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 Some of them specify certain meats. Amen. Which God hath created. They tell you don't to eat that, but God has created to be received with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Amen. Of them which believe and know the truth. Now here's what God says. For every creature of God. Now, he's given me liberties that I don't want to take. 
I'm not eating grasshoppers, snails, and all that, but I could. <laughs> oh, well, no, I couldn't either. I don't think I could handle it. But I'm legalized to do it. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it be, and here's your key, receive with thanksgiving. That means you pray over it. I've eaten with a lot of people in 54 years of preaching that I'd probably be dead if I hadn't prayed over it. Back yonder years ago, everybody in the church brought us on. My boys, and that's the reason they're life, and they've been there too. I've eaten things that I didn't know what was. And you looked at the raisin bread, and you was all right if the raisin didn't move. Amen. And it said, If it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So, you pray over it. And if you know any scripture, you better quote a little Bible over it. Amen. Praise God. That's what God says. And if you don't pray over every time you eat, and you get sick on your stomach, I'm going to remind you that's what happened. And I'm not talking, you said, oh, I just go out and eat all the time. Oh, Lord, you better pray over it. Amen. You don't know what they're doing with your food. You're at the mercy of God. All right. So I said, but if you eat right, you'll live longer. I done got my 70. You said, but don't you want to get to 90? No, I don't. Unless I can handle myself then. If I can't wash my face, I can't get up. I'm bedridden. I hope God delivers me before that ever happens. Amen. I'll just try to ask God to get me on out of here and let me go see the ones that maybe I won to the Lord or something. Say amen right there. Praise God. Because I don't want to I hope my boys never have to uh, take care of me day and night. Well, I'm sure they'll probably put me in a nursing home. But I'm telling you, hope they never have to do that. Get me a good one, you say? They don't make them. <laughs> Any of y'all in here believe that they got good, real good, 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 real good, uh, I mean good, good, real good nursing homes. Amen. Yeah. Even them, even them you have to pay so high for is not so good either. Amen. But I appreciate the Lord. Somebody said, uh, put you in a, what is it called? Assisted living? Yeah. But when you get past assisted living, what you going to do? They won't want to take care of you too long. 
Amen. All of us in here, we kind of got a bunch of old folks in here. And uh, I feel for us, don't you? I used to see old folks around and and uh, I said, oh Lord. And now I woke up one morning and found out I are one. And the thing about it is, when I was young, I never did think I was ever going to get there. Now I'm there, and I can't figure out how, just like everybody else, I can't put this thing in reverse. I tried to back it up. It won't work. Herbs won't do it. Not eating meat won't do it. Amen. Are you with me? And I hope you see that. So I'm just using this tonight as, as Daniel that... That's what the devil's looking for. He's trying to get us. And, and, and the government and everything else is doing the same thing. They take advantage of us. They don't want us naming the name of Christ. That's the reason when the rapture of the church takes place, it ain't going to disrupt the world too much. They'll be glad that us uh, useless eaters... That's what they call us. Oh, yeah. Useless eaters. They'll be glad that us useless eaters are out of their way. Out of their hair. Amen. So I challenge you with this thing. You probably had not never seen that out of the book of Daniel there, but it's as plain as your nose on your face there. They're trying to get them a group that they could do something with. But it backfires. Yeah. Amen. Heads bowed. Ask God to help. Father... Touch us tonight. Lord, I pray that we'd just come clean, be honest with you, and lay ourselves on the altar for Christ. I pray tonight, Lord, that you'll direct every thought in the pattern of our life. May that your name be exalted in us. Lord, help us not to be concerned much about this world that hates us and despises us, Lord, we realize that we've been called about everything under the sun. And uh, they're going to continue to do that. But help us to stand in the gap and do make up the hedge with every possibility we have and, Lord, with the best of our ability and give it all our strength till we get called out of here. Thank you, Father, for the Word of God. It's always true, real, and strong. It guides us and directs us strengthens us and encourages us. Thank you, Lord, for the people of God tonight here. Help us now in this Thanksgiving season that we will give thanks and continue to give thanks. And after Thanksgiving's over, we're still giving thanks. And uh, Lord, when the first of the year comes, we're still giving thanks. I pray God you'd help us with this. We'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Your liberty.